Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. Today we get to focus on our lovely topic of securely attached individuals or how to move into and just explore secure attachment, self-regulation and relationships to heal trauma, not project and perpetuate cycles. So it's an addition to our usual cycle, circle, you know, different pieces of content and titles. And anybody who's new, I'm Maria. I am not a therapist. I am trauma-informed, somatic-informed, and my educational certificates are all somewhere. I have not taken the time to get them all. I'm still conducting my student years. And on that note, though, I've taken enough and completed enough of them that I've been integrating the information, and this one's dedicated to those who want to live relationships minus the drama and those who can navigate and or want to navigate their emotional spectrum and how to understand not to project and oh i'm a 5d mystic so i'm a woo-woo lady here so for my 5d mystics this is where we get to talk about everything that you experience twofold because you experience your own stuff and your day-to-day and then you can experience within your oversoul if there are people that are in your energy sphere you might be tapping into that and supporting them indirectly or directly that depends on what relationship you have established with them if you are a person that they actively engage with then you're able to be a part of their life and you're able to help to support as they are to help and support you because our oversoul is a playground we get to expand consciousness with them so you get to maintain presence attunement resonance and trust why because you create a safe environment why because you know how to be your whole three-year-old heart That's number one. So I'm not always going to have an intro to who I am. You can ask me. And you can use the pseudoscience woo lady uh, out of respect for those who are not uh, pseudoscience. The ones who are empirical, I learned from them. And they are very great at what they do. Daniel Siegel, Stephen Porges, Bezel Vanderkoek, Stephen Porges, I said that, Peter Levine, Janina Fisher, Diane Heller, uh, how many more names? Dr. Albert Wong, Sue Martin. I got too many names to, to, to go in, but again, reach out. I'm happy to send you to all of these people. And if you're a serious human about your own shit, well then, you better open up your ears. Projection. It's when you get, ew, I don't like that. Oh, she's a bitch. Duh. That's all projection of teenagers. Okay, so that's number one. Let's get that straight. I, I'm happy that people have their implicit bias. Own it. And then put it to the side and go chit-chat about it with your friends, and there you go. But if you're serious business about your own secure attachment, learn that that's called projection, and you're not doing anything if you're going to just throw it around. If you stop venting, I did that, doesn't mean you stop engaging in conversation. In fact, anybody on the external, no, no, it's the same thing. Not really, because my inner body is doing different things, because I remember personally, this is where I share stories, my stories. If I talk about secure attachment, it's because I have it. If I talk about self-regulation, it's because I do it. If I talk about relationships with no projection, it's because also I do it. And the healing trauma bit, well, I don't have trauma personally because I process my emotions, even though some would say everybody has trauma. Yes, I'm sure I have had charged states. I'm saying I organically processed all my shit and learned self-regulation and maintained what I already had, which was a secure attachment body with my temperament self-agency, my bonding, well, that's different. Temperament is one thing. These are drivers. And I was looking at the agency one. They say that anger is supposed to come up 
anger doesn't come up come up for me but then again it does with the very two people that i'm my three-year-old agent with my mother and my twin and so ask them about my anger and my reactions i've gotten way better at handling all of it and fear receptor that fear circuit is definitely on on top of the notch of everything else but our drives are agency bonding and certainty uh, certainty brings up fear bonding brings up oh shit was it sadness i think so yeah that's right okay yeah connection and agency brings up anger so anger is uh, we have those brain circuit or emotion circuit areas anger sadness and fear anger is about correcting things so i don't really get angry into my collie mode but anyways that's a side note every person that is tuning in you would want to know you i know me so i have learned how to manage my anger my bursts my whatevers because my mom taught me to be a very big grown-up and i did learn that so if you learn that too you can learn how to be a polite individual to other people and to harness your ventral vagal which is way better feeling than the arousal state of your sympathetic which is not as great once you get used to being nice and gooey and ooey inside now for that to be something you want there's compassion in the forefront so i was held with compassion and equanimity and so i know how to do the inner growth mindset that's also the heart and go with the flow your flow deal with uncertainty unexpected and unwanted and he shared with me that during the pandemic studies revealed something about how being able to deal or be in the unknown is uh something that brings inner well-being so here's shiva for you if you learn from Sadhguru anything he talks to you about shiva the land of nothingness or nothingness no thing and that's where you can sit in no thing in your right mode of the brain all of us can it's what deals with the unknown it's what lets you sit and let a and b and c and d be together versus the left mode of your brain which says no no they cancel each other out no no they don't if you use your left and right brain which is integration of the brain so yes on that note if you want to be a person that is your three-year-old adult self you get to learn how to integrate your brain if you want you don't have to there's a lot of people they live out those movies mean girls hangover and all that stereotype stuff which i didn't really like as a kid and then i started to think well i guess everybody else thinks it's true i don't need to deal with those people they can go and deal with the stereotypes i'm just going to deal with life and that's what a person who knows who they are and what they want does so i got to keep going to school college do everything and secure attachment people we're reliable we say what we're going to do we watch our words to the best of our ability but it's not going to be perfect and we do hear people but we hear you you can't change us though and that's why people like you don't hear me no i do hear you i'm just not you they're two different things so i can hear you and not do what you're telling me to do because i don't want to but that doesn't mean i didn't hear what you said and you will know if you have been heard if you're a person who's actually a individual who's trying to be heard okay so when you're present attuning that means that you're in an interaction not because you want to extract something not because you're trying to prove if you're trying to wield your words or you're actively in a relationship with someone with some agenda that's why you're going to begin to get all 
in your pissy pants about something and FYI, anybody who's new, this is how I do things. So if I leave you hanging with any stories, loops, you need to reach out. If you want to, you don't have to. You don't need to. But usually I don't leave big questions. I just leave you on like cliffhangers, which I will not remember unless I'm like doing something like, wait a minute, I think, oh shit, okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, on that note, back to us. As I was saying, the securely attached person, we don't have trust breaks. So we don't do the, oh, I don't trust love and intimacy. Oh my gosh, they broke my heart. In fact, my teenage boyfriend is my most famous story. He cheated on me throughout the entire episode. Not ashamed of it, episode, throughout my entire our entire relationship, look at me, I'm getting all excited inside, so he's a beautiful person, him and his companion, I don't know what words they prefer using, uh, maybe boyfriend, girlfriend, not really sure, but they have a beautiful, beautiful family, and we're all friends, except for, he can only talk to me when she's around, but that's something that, for all I know, it's just a coincidence, <laughs> but then again, I don't know about that, but it's okay, because he wanted somebody to rule him and he found it and she's ruling as she should because she gets what she wants she's a determined person I loved that about her and I still love that about her now the way you go about getting things well that's something different so here's where if you're a person who does not have secure attachment and or if you have trust breaks and or if you have unresolved trauma okay so here's where when people don't know they're it's going to be a broken heart i'm defective i'm ashamed something's off with me here's the shame cycle inner critic outer critic that's why venting your outer critic isn't going to do you good and no your venom from your mouth that spews i'll never forget when venting i'm like i don't want to do this anymore well why am i doing this it ma makes no difference in my life and it makes me feel yucky and really why am i in people's business you know what what is this so easily i snapped out of it no i just observed it i didn't want it it was futile i was growing up it's called growing up organically growing up means you get out of doing things from a charged state so our last charged state we all have these five child parts charged parts i learned mine from sue martin so i call them charged parts but they are considered i think child parts i don't know where she gets hers from but it's not the ifs and it's not the inner child i don't remember i need to go review my notes but zero one attach panicky three to seven shame submissive freeze of all ages flight 11 12 and then fight 14 15 16 every human being has these you can identify them within yourself you don't need to label them you can identify the charge you can feel them the sensations implicit bias we all have it it means oh shit came up i don't like it i like it it's called karma when Sadhguru explains it to you in his inner engineering program we do dharma who's we the 5d person who uses their left and right mode oh i got emotions coming up here here they are you don't suppress them no that's the shame cycle oh, i'm gonna suppress them let me go drink some alcohol let me go fuck someone let me go do some compulsive misaligned behavior and as this pit in my stomach doesn't go away let me just keep doing more of it not notice any of what i'm doing let me smoke more i was a smoker but i wasn't a chain smoker like that even though there were times where i smoked for stress and i remember knowing it and i remember my tongue not being able to handle all of it like, okay maria you're done for the day i know you're upset but the cigarettes aren't going to make it go away and your tongue is pretty much done so i do remember when I became an official smoker, how that came to be. And I remember saying, you know what? Everyone has their vice. I'm going to smoke. There you go. <laughs> now I drink some too. And I'm like, ah, but it's not compulsively. However, the relationship to the substance is what you want to notice. A person who's securely attached, 
who knows how to self-regulate, this means that it's not stressful. And I personally have panic attacks and I've never been stressed out about having to manage them. Now, that it makes me uncomfortable, that's a different story because fear is a very upsetting and frustrating. No, it's not frustrating, actually. So here's where when you accept yourself for who you are, you don't get frustrated at yourself. Okay, so here's where I'm a three-year-old whole heart. I was held with equanimity, meaning I got taught how to accept me for who I am with all of my flaws and imperfections. So I don't hold it against myself, Maria, that I'm afraid, that I'm a scaredy cat, that I don't No, I'm like, thank you, body, for keeping me safe. Now let's try and figure out how to balance it out. Okay, so there are people who are frustrated with their self and they turn against their self. I found that to be the most ridiculous way to talk to yourself as a teenager. And I only did it once, I think, the sob story. But I'm all alone. I'm like, what are you talking You have family. You got a twin. You ain't alone. You got people bu bu busting your butts, okay, right? You know, busting our balls. Okay, so on that note, secure attachment, people, we don't whine. We don't whine about shit. And hey, all the compassion in the world. If you're a non-securely attached person, please go to good therapy. EMDR, child parts work, and there you go, somatics, and get your life together, and you'll be happy for it, because you won't be projecting your sob story on people who have a good life. You know how many times I've been told that I am emotionless, or that I, I that th this always makes me laugh, because I'm like, sometimes I'll be told I'm emotionless, the other times I'll be told I'm too much emotional, it's like, can you make up your mind, which one is it, am I emotionless? Lesser am I emotional because really I'm just waiting for <laughs> the next time you come around to tell me something different. So when you figure out, and I did as a teenager, that people are the most inconsistent thing ever, and then you learn from attachment researchers what that means. You're like, wow, I was really lucky. Thank you, self-agency, for letting me be myself. So on that note, I'm not ashamed of any of my stories. What I don't like is when people project their story, and that's what people do do, and I had to basically give that one up because you know it is what it is when people are trying to find themselves they don't know who they are and they get to hear a story and then they just want to mesh with it so here when people undermine your dreams predict your doom or criticize you remember they are telling their story not yours cynthia ocelli and i don't even know if she's italian but i pronounce it with an italian accent but it's o-c-c-e-l-l-i in case uh, any of my english speakers here are more interested in, in, in pronouncing it in the English accent. Um, so let's take a little bit of this, the part of people telling their story and not yours when they criticize you. It doesn't have to be criticizing. Sometimes people will simply put project whatever you think of. So like my teenage boyfriend, I've been criticized this, this story or criticize my friends or criticize them. And it's like, why you criticize? I get to talk about it. It's my story. But we have opinions. Okay, fine. You do have opinions. It's true. Here's Sadhguru, listen to everyone, but never let what they say determine how you are. Okay, so I unconditionally love personally all of my people, but I have things to say. And here, this is one of the things 4D doesn't know how to explain to you, my 5D mystics. 5D are people who bring harmony and bring people together because we're grown-ups inside and we don't project our unhappy feelings to others. We also don't go and say, hey, I want all the bystanders to come and pick a fight with me, meaning pick my fight, and let's all go and start throwing shit at other people. So when I found out in one of my recent courses, Trauma and Healing, because again, to support people to heal from trauma, you need to know shit, that the fourth actual stage that was most common 
was people wanting bystanders to gather with them and shame the person or the group or whatever. Okay, I understand this. Let me let me take steps back. Humanly speaking, I know what it means to have an ego. I'm going to put it this way. And I understand what it means when people are not securely attached and when people do not have their big or small trauma in the forefront. I understand when people have a not integrated brain. I understand when people are not their whole self in a restorative embodied self. And I'm doing this on purpose to explain where I come from with what I'm about to share so that I can make it clear why a whole three-year-old heart will find this studies. Basically, I, I'm trying to figure out which word to use, but I won't. I'm going to use an example. I learned that in the medieval times from that lovely, what was it? The, the, or whatever the year of that movie, Braveheart, when they gathered around as they tortured that man, and thank goodness I didn't have to see that scene because I probably would have, I, I, I don't even know how I handled that, that ending. They were all around cheering, 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 okay? Now, when people talk about humanity and they say that's what we are, no, we, we've evolved. We're not that. However, when I hear studies that tell me that the fourth stage for a person's healing journey is that they want bystanders to come and gather around them and then basically, like a mob, go and let's throw stones. This is what the image gives me, which made me just in the, I'm speechless. I'm speechless because this is a recurring theme that no matter how many types of people speak to people to not cast a stone they just don't understand it because they're blinded by their own hurt so much that they actually will want not they this was the part that got me they didn't want people they knew no they wanted fucking vice this means strangers people strangers and then when you learn about how the brain works and that people get dopamine hits from punishing other people because their group is riling them up this makes me so sad not angry because see the anger again would be i need to correct something and there's nothing to correct here there's people with unseen trauma and they're ganging up on other people and they stand together and think that what they're doing is something from the heart that ain't no heart in my book that's a broken heart and then you have to hear it's one of the stages that is most sought out for healing trauma this is not a positive for humanity because this is exactly why we have a divide. And the fact that people that are blinded because their brain is so mucked up, right here, thank you, Patrick Tehan, from trauma because they're still in a brokenhearted inner child that has not healed yet. There's no adult there. No, 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 there's no higher self. I don't care what players you got for 4D, man. The four, Let's not even go with 4D mystics right now. 4D mystics, when they're using their clairs, this is something that because it's not provable, I am not going to make a big deal out of any of it as a Chandler. All I can tell you is as a 5D mystic, the 4D mystic needs to understand if they want to, but they won't because their pseudo-liveness keeps them alive so much so that they don't even know that they are not in their optimized human 101. Oh no, they're busy attacking AI and technology and calling it a demon and evil and all that. Okay, so... This is something very, very, uh, what's the word? Sensitive. Sensitive is the right word. On that note, we're going to move forward. So when people don't do healing, what they do is they want 
to take out and project their upset. That's a point which is why authoritarians and con people and anyone that basically has the same pain point is going to get a group rallied up around them. And that is where you can talk to somebody who actually does not have wool over their eyes and they'll be like, wow, that's just so wrong. But you know, it's not wrong, meaning that those people have a reason why they are where they are. But we don't want to justify people projecting. What we want to understand is that some people don't move into their adulthood and restorative embodied self sooner than later, and they find a group, and for all we know, they're going to stay groups. Okay, so we don't have to partake in any of it. We don't have to do much because there's the law and systems. We are people who's we, the 5D educators, mystics, and any person who's a functional adult. We care about the bigger fish in the sea, not the ones who are doing gossip and venting. So while the mobs in the medieval times had some kind of power, quote-unquote, thank goodness we're not in the medieval times, at least in the Western world, we don't have people that can do that, for as much as some people think that the Westerners, when I meet some individuals, let's not go there. I'm a political science major. I know how the system works, and it makes me laugh every time somebody thinks that they can actually do something that comes from, I don't know, the 1600s, and I'm not good with data. So I'm like, okay, you keep on thinking that. I'm going to go do real-world shit, but you keep on being your teenager and thinking you can get... Did anybody not read? What was it? There's a book out there. Nobody knows where we are. So actually, yeah, some people do. That's exactly why they make up a lot of more shit. So when you are a person who lives the not reality, uh, you're a person who lives fantasy plane, and that's for those teenagers who love to dramatize everything. Because pseudo-liveness, again, they think, ah, no, they don't think. They don't even realize that they're not in their whole body, that they are not even regulating their nervous system, and that's unfortunate. So... Those who do have an awareness of what it means to be whole, it's because they start tapping into their consciousness and they can tell the difference of when you are actually participating in your life versus being in what is one of the dissociative aspects. Depersonalization, derealization, dissociation. It's a very real thing and there are more people out there with DID and borderline probably than they know. We can support people on all levels, and who's we, again, this is where, if you're a reliable person who does what you say you're going to do, and you're able to watch your words, not because you're going to be like, oh, I need to be ashamed of myself and filter my mouth, no, because you can watch your words and just understand the situation, and in fact, you can hear people and not be changed, so you don't live based on your family, meaning that if society says you're a piece of shit, I think you're evil and the devil, or whatever, you're like, fool, fine, okay, are you done, because I need to go do stuff right now, and you're not the law, and as long as I'm a civil citizen, or whatever the word is, I'm, I'm okay, I don't need to be here, so can you leave the premises, or shall I leave it, which one do you want, that's exactly how a person who's actually in their healthy self-worth, by the way, will be, it'll be more like, mm, okay, and this attitude, yes, this is what they get to see, because, again, nobody's on a podium. Uh, I'm not speaking to a bunch of educators where I need to perform. Because, see, there I'm going to have to be in a performance. Why? Because when you are in a role, and see, I love this here. I'm going to share my lovely Italian folk. Um, there's a very different way that they feel one should always portray oneself. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... So 
they talk about if you dress like a Slav at home, then you're a Slav because you're supposed to maintain a consistent presence <laughs> within your home and outside, okay? And they're very much as the Southerners. I don't know about the Northerners, but the Southerners, for sure, they still carry this whole thing about how you dress and not dress and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm personally somebody who, who could give two shits about how I dress. Uh, I actually find it very superficial. I understand that it's nice to have a certain composure, but really, like, at the same time, I'm like, yeah, does it really matter? <laughs> does it really matter? It means nothing. So I like that times have moved into more flexible ways. I, I don't find it any way, shape, or form upsetting. However, I do know balance is important because balance is something, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, balance is grown up. So that, let me move back to <clears throat> the conversation. So this person, they, they just were asking me about it because they know I have an American culture. And I said, look, I get it. I get what you're saying. I know the different cultures. Um, I can tell you that for an American, it's no big deal. Wear flip-flops at a wedding or whatever. I get it that it's nice to have people dress up. But I just say it's culture. Leave it alone. And for the part about... <clears throat> how you are to judge a person based on how they dress in home or out home that's that's superficial and i i don't i don't agree with it you're judging a book by its cover based on your own culture it's called cultural bias it's called that you don't know how to tell the difference between you have a culture and another person has a culture and you assuming and putting your own belief system behind something is erroneous because you are not embodying and therefore getting to know you're not hearing another person's ways you don't have to hear another person's ways and change your ways you can be the adult so here's where adults know how to say oh i hear you okay cool that's it i don't judge you i don't do anything with it i i hear you and you're able the spirituality process fyi when you hear Sadhguru talking about it which is you put your personal stuff to the side it means you being able to be there if somebody says let's say something that is offensive about your culture and you get pissy. So here, one of my one moment, I had two moments of anger as a child. I was eight, between the ages of eight and 10. I remember them because of the lessons, one of the lessons I learned. And then the other one, just because it's, I remember it in my mind's eye, I just saw it. Okay, so they had offended America. My school teacher, I don't know what she said, but she said something about America. And I had just moved to Italy. It had been a couple years. And I remember getting up. I got up infuriated. <laughs> I don't know what I said, but I just remember that moment. <laughs> so it's an explicit memory. This is an explicit memory. And I remember it for the reasons it is something personal. That's a child. That's normal to not know how to manage your emotion. I probably did manage it because I'm a goody two-shoes and the teacher loved me and I'm pretty sure I never got yelled at in this this specific teacher that I'm thinking about because we had the same teacher for the the whole years second grade to fourth grade I was in Italian school then I moved back to American school so long story short that teacher didn't yell at me but I don't know what I did and why I got up anyways I back to us so I'm trying to maintain my train of thoughts while I share new stories with you all. Please bear with me for a minute. It was a funny one. I'm trying to remember what I got pissed about. That, that's really, it would be nice to know what I, what I got angry about. But 
as a grown-up, I don't get angry. I get uh, quiet. And I then try to, if, if, and I'm really never in that situation, except for when I'm watching douchebags. <laughs> no, I was way better in that one. Oh, I saw this psychologist. I can't even believe he has a degree, but let's not go there, shall we? Okay, moving on. When you have opinions, when you are presenting in front of a board of people, to me, Maria, and I have degrees for reasons in the fields that I mentioned, I'm going to be performing, not because I'm going to lie, but because I have a role, like I'm a marketer. I'm with my marketing clients. I'm not personal development. I'm not my podcast host. So these are roles. This is what it's called. They're very straightforward and they're not you pretending. They are you organizing yourself in order to embody what you need to embody for each circumstance. Now, if a person wants to say you have to always be the same, they can go and live that life. That is their choice. They can, you know, dress however they want. They can present themselves. That to me is rigidity, which fair and square, but you know, you're not being flexible with yourself, but hey, if you're happy that way and you feel fulfilled that way, there you go. There, that, that's your stuff, okay? So it's easy for a grown-up to know how to say it's your stuff, not all of our stuff, and you can, however you want to lead your life, lead it, and I will not make a big deal out of it, and I won't be changing how I think about stuff either, though. Long story short, are regulated as well as people who know how to be themselves because of knowing equanimity, because of knowing secure attachment, but also knowing about being a person and having a subjective experience. Now we have a lot of words to explain these concepts, and that's because of trauma researchers and attachment researchers and the entire subject matter of what is coming up, and it's only been in recent years. And that's because it takes time for empirical data to build. Now, as a kid growing up, I already intuitively knew a bunch of things that I'm repeating with bigger, fancier words. And what makes me happy, most of all, is knowing how to explain to people what projection is, how to handle it within your own household or within your own environment. Because if people don't get treated as people, so when a person is not looked at in the eyes as whole, here's my Zen masters. As I was describing to you, the fourth thing a good portion of people want for you, it wasn't even punishment. It was, we want And I know some people talk about this methodology that is used in Japan of shaming because of society. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people who don't know how to be their own independent, securely attached grown-up because that's just wrong. And really what it is, is some people, they're not aware that they're still a broken-hearted child who doesn't feel whole because the only reason you would want to do unto someone something that you would not want done to you. I'm pretty sure somebody would not want to find themselves with a group of people ganging up and shouting in their face. That's why I don't want that. But if I did, do, if I did have that, I'd be in a corner. I'd be like, okay, I'm dead. <laughs> you know, I'll be like, okay, I've done something wrong. Obviously, you all are pissed at me. Now, this is the part of where that's mob mentality. It's not civil. It is not anything to do with let me teach you how to be a person. No, it's called non-disciples, like the Zen master story from Sadhguru. 
The non-disciples, they circulate the compulsive thief. You can consider it a compulsive drug addict. You can consider it a compulsive sex addict. You can consider it a compulsive liar and cheater in a marriage. You can consider it a com because compulsiveness is stemming from trauma and attachment wounds, not from the devil and not from demons, even though the 4D collective sees demons and devils because in our mind's eye, we live certain planes. What they don't know apparently is neuroscience, like with Patrick McNamara, and his interview on how you don't get possessed by demon, but your brain works a certain way. And when trauma memory is lingering in it and it's not healed because you're not on a good healing journey because you didn't do EMDR, somatics, and get your child parts or charge parts or figure out that maybe, just maybe, you have dissociative aspects which need extra tension because here we have potential memory barriers. Here we have potentially something so overwhelming that the gaps in your brain are not gaps because you're stupid. No, they're gaps because you went through potentially, potentially personal developmental or child developmental trauma. Before the age of seven, if a child has something or not just some, it's not the event. Depends how your nervous system responds. In fact, some kids, nothing happened in home, but because the nervous system might be excessively sensitive or something like that there's there's answers so people don't know what it means to be human they just know how to use the story of the devil and evil and 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 throw that one around but the zen master story is where this compulsive thief is circulated by <clears throat> what our disciples at the beginning of the story and the zen master goes and says what are you doing and they say he thieved again you have to kick him out and he's like no he's you need to forgive him and they like no he's only going to do it again he already did it three times or whatever you have to forgive them and then he says or they say no if you don't kick him out we're going to leave so they actually this is, a, I, this is funny, right? Because they're in the Zen master's house and they're now saying, ah, we're going to show you. We, we want you to do what we want you to say. That's an adaptive child, by the way, for you. I'm going to exert that I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to get power and control and try and maintain it. And then I'm going to wield it some more. And if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm gonna, now going to say you're an asshole or I'm going to vilify you. And long story short, he says, no, you have to forgive him. You know, and, and they don't, I don't know what the story ends with. These are non-disciples. Uh, the thief crumbles at the feet of Sadhguru. And here's where a shame cycle, a person basically who gets seen with love and respect again and again and again. When I see your wholeness, that means I keep on treating you like a person and talking to you. I'm not shaming you, not blaming. Those are all, by the way, traumas. It's adaptive child. Shattering is the shattering. I to other the shame defectiveness button, even though it's not a button. But in order for that to shatter, there is need to be wounded. And I say need, meaning there is a person on the other end of the spectrum. And so compassion can only be welcomed by the very body. These are facing the eyes of a compassionate because they're not choosing to learn forgiveness. And as mentioned by Daniel Siegel, besides all other people, so this is definition, that's why I'm presenting it. He says forgiveness is accepting and knowing that the past won't change. But it's you being able to drop the charge. So the charges are what people don't understand are what get projected. The charges are your feelings. They're your emotions. Emotions, not, I know there's a difference between emotions and feelings. And in fact, uh, I want to find my notes to read something about um, being able to understand. <clears throat> so when we offer a safe space to someone, it's by being present and <clears throat> that means we're listening to them without any judgment, any opinion, none of it. Even when I get asked questions that I find 
fascinating. I, I'm always hearing. It doesn't change me. I hear because I'm not in defense mode because Maria doesn't need to prove. I'm not proving myself. I am myself. And I have a confident ego. And that means I know I'm not superior or inferior. I'm me. And you don't have to like me to be in my presence. And I don't have to like you either. But I can be a grown-up about it. So when you're doing professional stuff, FYI, just a side note to me, Maria, it's professional. I'm going to put on my role, hat, because that's what it means to learn how to be a person who's effective within the role. But no, in my personal life, I'm not my professional. Now, some people, again, they, they go and chit-chat about this and they consider it an inconsistency. That's their opinion. They have a right to their opinion. In the meantime, some of us got shit done. Other people, they like to gossip. What can we say, right? So there you go. <laughs> That's how I view it. But I understand it because I get told consistently how much of a not. <laughs> when it comes to how I like to present myself, I, I have a lot of Italian people around me. So their idea of what is supposed to be your day-to-day -day as the person presented is basically, yep, if you don't get all dressed up, <laughs> you're not ready for the day. Some of us like to be comfortable. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so when we're present, we want to be able to connect, be open, aware, and loving. That's how we are going to be present with somebody. And emotions are about us being able to be in our body. And it's also about us being able to be present with uh, people, to connect with people. I'm looking for Daniel Siegel. Forgiveness, as I said, is about you knowing that the past doesn't change. Here it is, emotions. They are about relational connections and about the body and about meaning. And those three things, body, meaning, and relational connection, are what create our emotions. Now, you being able to be in your emotional state is always, but obviously being able to self-regulate and to securely be attached within you makes a difference. So when you're a differentiated self and you have a full spectrum of all of those, we have 20% of people who have in the U.S. avoidant dismissive attachment. They don't have any relationship with their emotions. They don't know how to feel because it's like their head and body has been disconnected. They can learn how to feel, but they one awareness of their attachment category to their desire to feel and to feel felt and then in time to get there. Because see, the avoidant dismissive, they have had not the ability to attach securely at the zero one. So anytime they're going to go in, it's gradual to awaken them to their emotional body, to awaken them to their self, but to get to the bottom, the pit bottom of it, that's the minute of, one, you need to have established a safe haven relationship with someone. It means you're not afraid they're going to abandon you. It means you, you know that they're going to consistently be there. And somehow that you just, this is where in our relationships, that's what's important. I'm talking to people not as a therapist. Remember that I'm not a therapist. I'm a person who supports personal development. We're talking about when we're in our relationships. It doesn't mean you bend backwards for anyone. No, I'm trying to explain how consistent relationships can support an organic expansion of a person. Obviously, if they're aware, they're going to make changes. If they're not aware, then no, that's not necessarily going to happen because what they're going to do, if they consistently project and justify their projection, 
they're going to consistently just live half of that life because you're used to living in that attachment category in the first place. So if somebody's used to not feeling, that's their perspective. It's been full of, I don't feel. It's been full of it. And if you don't recognize that there's a difference and you don't find it appealing to feel motivated to do something about it. And he was talking about this because have 20, the 20% is professionals, clinicians who don't believe in dissociative identity disorder, who don't believe in the updated trauma information. And he says, well, imagine if they are basically dismissive, they are not doing it on purpose. They have disconnected and dissociated from their body's experience their entire life. So they don't know what it's like to feel. So, of course, they're not going to care or believe in something because they don't actually have the ability to feel relationships. And so they think that relationships are null and void because they're absent of feeling in their body. And I'm sure that plenty of people will not necessarily like to hear that, but your body and attachment stuff works, meaning it's proven, <laughs> not just it works, it's... You're going to want to live a life, a half a life, go for it. You want to return to your wholeness, then you're going to get to feel life. And that is something that a person chooses on their own if they want to. With the new information, it allows you to shift because you are being open eyes. Your eyes are being opened to a new truth, which is, wow, there ain't no devil or demon inside. There's a brain. It has an attachment system. And how's mine doing <laughs> Oh, wait, not integrated. Let me go and integrate it then. And the securely attached person doesn't need to do too much to work with their emotions. They might have trust breaks, but the avoidant, and that's a non-secure, the ambivalent, that's also non-secure. And then we have disorganized attachment, and that one first needs to move into organized and then moves into secure. But those three attachment categories, they're not fixed, but they affect how you live life. The disorganized, by the way, has a conflict, a paradox within. Their defense mechanism is online, so they want to run away from a relationship. They're afraid. There's terror going on. And at the same time, their attachment system wants to attach. And there's a person who doesn't know what the fuck to do with their life because they're literally terrified inside. At the same time, they're longing and happy inside or wanting, but they're like, I don't, this is really because it's it's painful because their zero one-year-old is freaking out their teenager does not have friends necessarily with their zero one-year-old because the terrifying home means you will have had to put up with some shit and that's where and so when we have memory barriers and not everybody with disorganized attachment has did but those who might let me present to you questions that people who are they should ask and people say hello to you but you have no idea who they are but they know you do people say great to see you last night you have clothes in your closet you know they got there. do you have the experience of waking up and you don't remember going in the and these are questions and then there's others aspects depersonalization derealization and then dissociative identity disorder would mean that it used to be called multiple personality and they will change the disorder thing in time to personality, for example. There's only one difference that, well, they don't have all the parts, but borderline personality disorder they put next to DID because you will find sometimes that BPD has DID. 
and the BPD borderline, they've noticed that the amygdala works like a spin on and off versus it being something that is gradual. So they can switch from being in a good mood to being in a bad mood, and that's one of the biggest difference. However, you will notice, anyone who's trauma-informed or somatic-informed, I am, that the studies and all that is being built shows that brain develops in its environment. And so if you don't get certain stimuli, like with borderline, I got to learn some in my trauma-informed course that I recently took with NICABM. And I don't remember all of the specifics, but they were explaining a lot about how they're trying to handle borderline differently from what they've recently found. Oh, and here's the other thing. Studies show that for people who did not have developmental trauma, if they go in to get support for, let's say, depression, they are going to do a way better job with medication and supportive therapy. While people with developmental trauma, they do good with psychotherapy, but they don't need necessarily the medication. So that the brain works differently and responds differently to treatment, which makes a lot of sense because for the person who has developmental trauma, it's not a, it's not about chemistry per se, it's about brain not being stimulated since the traumatized brain gets affected in the areas of the hippocampus, which is your memory center, the corpus callosum, which connects your left and right mode of the brain, your prefrontal cortex, that's the higher thinking function stuff of our brain, and it's connected to your ventral vagal state, the connectomes, which is what is able to create an integration of the brain. And that's why yoga and meditation, mindfulness, compassion interventions help a person in general because it grows all of those four areas, hippocampus, prefrontal cortex, the connectome, and the uh, whatever I'm forgetting right now, okay, the corpus callosum. So that is why all of those subject matters and activities support a person in time if they do more than just the practice of I'm now a spiritual person, and so I'm a spirituality process because I'm doing yoga, and I'm in this, and I have all my labels and all my certificates. No, that's only, you know, part of what you get to do. The wholeness of you is being a human. So back to that Zen master story, the non-disciples were non-disciples because they didn't move into secure attachment. They were not caring about forgiveness, and they, in fact, did not move into it. The thief, on the other hand, their shame was shattered, which is great, but that's also only the first step. So the first step is us seeing our wholeness as we conclude this episode, and we'll have more on the topic, and it'll be focused on these areas. But always with a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of the educational stuff, I do fuck up data sometimes, know this because I know it, because I, I, don't, I don't want to, but I forget things, and I sometimes we'll mix up words. Oh yes, do not use dictionary with me. I do not do any of that. I've had one of my great friends, he, he's giving me good advice, but I don't, I don't plan on, on, on changing how I come and address just your questions and understand that this is how we do things. Right and it's because you don't need me to and I support you to understand who you can be and you can become, first of all, the whole person you can become a grown-up. Now, organically, it's easy for those of us who have had secure attachment, and for those who don't, it's not as easy, but you can still get there if you desire to get out of the non-secure attachment categories or disorganized. Again, they're different. 
Uh, you can also know, don't be scared, nothing's fixed. Uh, you can know trauma memory, it's processable, all of it. So there's, there's again, the blend, EMDR, the child parts, IFS, internal family system model with somatics. Find someone who does all three out and they need to see you as whole. They need to know you are healable. If they give you a label and they want to label you and they want to keep, no. If they're a codependent type, no. Not good therapist. Not good therapist. I will say that and I will continue to say it because if they don't know that you can reach wholeness, they are not whole yet. That's where I'm a very humble, nobody human being, and I'm going to tell you you're not broken. And thank goodness we got DID healed lady also saying, I want people to know they're not broken, but they can be fixed. I love when she said that. I'm like, I get it. I get what you're saying because I know I'm whole and you're whole and that the brain works a certain way. And if you're a person who wants to use your brain, you understand what it means, brain development. You understand what it means. We don't know everything, but we know some things. And you also understand what it means when people are actually, instead of being happy and cheering us on humanity those subject matter experts who laugh at daniel siegel who actually have sarcasm any one of these educators that i've seen who wants to say oh i know everything I'm, i i i learned if you can't say something nice shh, say nothing take a bit that's what i learned i immediately shut that anger button down because i don't want Kali to come out there's nothing for me to correct that person they can stay half as long as they want all i know is you're a dumbass you're a dead sure idiot and i am not going to waste not even one second with you i'm going to get actually excuse me the data and then i'm going to put you to the side because you're a dying breed because see if you don't evolve you die and the ancient times i know how many people really really want to go back i'm like wow imagine this Maria one day you find yourself I'm like well I'm 43 I don't know if I'll find myself in this lifetime in any kind of pearl but hopefully not so a long story short be kind compassionate remember not everybody knows what they're doing because they don't know themselves yet when you do know somebody who knows themselves because they know they're all human our divinity is humanity it's our humanity it's giving some people the opportunity to do things and I know how much some like only organic methodologies i'm in favor of trusting our bodies and brains i also understand that for some people it's a lot harder to achieve emotional stability so giving them support with like regulated psychedelic treatment with a good therapist this helps them and that to me is beneficial so just because somebody's going to poo poo it because it's not done organically well guess what some of us don't poo-poo the ability to help more people find a way to wholeness. All of the good therapists talk about it being a journey. And anyone who's smart, by the way, knows that there's no shortcuts. It's always fascinating, though. You always will have people who want shortcuts. In all of these courses, one recently, this was th this. Okay, so here's where me, Maria, I'm like, I don't know grown-ups. Because when you are stubbornly trying to find a shortcut, you are literally not understanding the process of you being a human and you having emotions that might be so scary because of your zero one-year-old being an infant. You're literally not respecting your own body by being ignorant though. It's not about, uh, it's, it's like when I see those people who think they're badass and they're not because they're blinded by their own wanting to rush anything. You know, a, a smart person who's grounded will understand slow and steady instinctively and intuitively and will not pout like a three-year-old who doesn't want to accept that sometimes things take time. Here's the land of equanimity. 
It's called neutrality for a reason. It's called being able to say, yeah, I don't like it. No, it's a truth. And, and the part that really gets me about this is it's just adults asking questions. So I've seen people who are students and they try to get the answer they want. They just won't let it go. And they literally do not understand why there's a process, which then puts, I know that all of my good teachers have said everybody knows them, but I've seen people try to speed up these processes. They don't get anywhere because one, they're, they're, they're trying right here. Just by you saying, I want to speed it up. You have not accepted that you need time, which means you are working against yourself you're not giving yourself the, the ability to mature to where you're capable of having it. It's, it's, um, it's just counterintuitive. Your body will know, why are you doing this? It's too, too much. You need the right amount, the right amount, the right amount, the right amount, and you're going to sustain it, sustain it. So right now we're learning about that, or we're going to hopefully do that with our lovely planet, right? Because we ignorantly did a lot of things that we weren't supposed to, and we're at a cusp. So I know that we have a lot of things to do besides working with each other. Remember that people were born like we all were. They're all infants who then grew up. If they have whole three-year-old hearts, then they look at you and you're a whole person, and you can look back at them as a whole person. If they look at you and they're not a whole person, you still see a whole person there, and you look at them with the Zen master love and respect, or at least that's where we had ourselves towards the 5D collective, Mystics are functional adults. We do relationships minus the drama. We help people to heal from trauma if they want. We can get people on board. That's only if they're choosing, though, to disengage from this stuff and then to be able and, you know, take it easy and just be realistic about, about a lot of things. And on that note, if they're not, there's plenty of other collective ancient silverbacks and uh, future silverbacks because you know the the 4d mystics they're pretty much in the future sometimes okay and on that note we'll be back with more if you have any questions let me know have a great day